Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 79 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsors. PC Law by LexisNexis. For a free trial, go to www.pclaw.com slash radio. And Clio, online practice management for attorneys at goclio.com. In our last podcast, we used ABA Tech Show as a way to talk about how you can use the schedule programs at a legal tech conference to help you set you or your firm's technology agenda. In this episode, we wanted to explore if the huge impact texting and instant messaging has had on the rest of the world. I, I read something like 8 trillion texts were sent in 2011. is starting to carry over to the world of lawyers. Tom, what's our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will indeed talk about texting and instant messaging and how or whether, I guess, it fits into your online communications toolbox. In our second segment, we'll revisit the topic of our last episode, and that's ABA Tech Show. And we'll, as usual, finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use the second this podcast is over. But first, let's get started with uh, our first segment, and that is texting and instant messaging. You know, I don't have any kids, but everything I read tells me that email is out with kids these days, that it's all about texting, it's all about instant messaging, or even posting on a Facebook page, and that email is, is gauche. It's, it's, it's not done anymore. To me, though, I think texting and instant messaging is pretty basic, but I use them both a lot, both for work and for in my personal life. But I also talk with and know a lot of lawyers who just don't see the point. Dennis, is is texting too extreme for lawyers or too basic? Well, I don't know. It, it, it is funny how lawyers have, have a negative reaction to, to texting and instant messaging. And and not only is email out with kids, by the way, Tom, it, it actually talking on the phone is out, too. It, it really is <laughs> yeah. a, a texting world out there. I went back and I looked. Tom, we wrote an article together on, on texting and instant messaging back in September 2005, which is, I think, for us, probably one of our favorite articles we ever wrote together because we wrote it as if it were a, a series of instant messages back and forth between us. But that was, you know, almost six six years ago. And I, I had the sense in the article, we thought that instant messaging and uh, was going to become more involved in, in the law practice. And and I, I don't think you, we probably see quite as much as, as maybe we expected. Um, but the the one thing I think we should start with, Tom, is because it is it's kind of tricky because you do have to say texting and instant messaging because they are two different things. And I often get a question of like, well, what is the difference between texting and instant messaging? So I thought maybe we we'd talk about that because because there is a lot of overlap. And then as you start to investigate this, uh, there it's it's a lot more complicated topic. Although you know what you end up with is this sort of you know, it's a real-time, bi-directional messaging medium, but there are a lot of differences between uh, texting and instant messaging. Tom, do you want to take a, a stab at, at telling people the difference between those? 
Well, actually, uh, yes, but I'm I'm going to challenge your notion that they're the same, and I'm going to say that since we wrote that article back in 2005, texting and instant messaging have, to a certain extent, been converging um, in, in in a couple of different ways. Uh, tr- traditionally and typically, a text message has been something that uh, that you send primarily on a phone device. Uh, it's limited to a certain number of characters, 160 characters, um, and it's uh, traditionally been something that. That, that you've used for for short messages back and forth. We'll kind of talk about how we use texting and, and instant messaging later. I think by by contrast, instant messaging has been typ- typically different in the past. It was something that you accessed from your computer primarily. Uh, it, it allowed for longer conversations. You didn't have to uh, you didn't have to, to to be limited to 160 characters, but you could um, have you know w- what we would call asynchronous uh, communications with people, where um, I'm typing something and you can see that I'm typing, and then it shows up on my screen, and and you and I can have a conversation in more or less real time without having to send email or or, uh, or or having to have a telephone conversation. I think, though, and I'm going to make the argument that to a certain extent, they've blended together. They, they, it's hard to tell. For example, now, you can send a text message from your iPad. Uh, I can send some a text message from my iPad or from any number of apps. I can even send a text message from an email. If I want to send an email uh, text message to someone, I can just send that email to the phone number and it will go automatically to that phone as a text message. Um, You can also chat by instant message from your phone. So there are now apps that will allow you to instant message from your phone. Uh, You know, I... I, I, I use and have used on my iPad for a number of years um, a, a, an app called IM Plus Pro, and it is a fantastic app for being able to do instant messaging on the iPad when I'm just sitting in front of the TV and want to chat with people, including including you, Dennis. But I'll, I'll just throw that out there. Is there really even a distinction anymore? Now that a- Apple has come out with iMessage, with its messages, where you can send both text messages or longer messages to someone, to any iPhone or iPad user, uh, and then text size messages to other people, is there really a difference these days, Dennis? Well, I think it's another case where we sort of abstracted away from what the technology platform is. And that's why I, I, I was speaking in terms of sort of like real time, or as you say, time sort of near real time bi-directional exchanges that are, you know, short. Um, and and I think there is that, that kind of real time or quasi real time element. But you're right, there is this big convergence. And an example I like to use is time. I feel like when I uh, am instant messaging you in the evening, to me, I'm using the iChat program on on my Mac, but I often find that actually I think the 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 talk is actually happening over Google Talk, which I find out later when I go into my Gmail account and and sort of see the transcript of the the conversation we had. And so I think there is this thing where you can one person can be on the internet, uh, sort of instant messaging, and it goes to somebody else's phone, and and vice versa. And it you know it becomes more complicated. It's not just text. You can do pictures. You can do all sorts of sort of things. And and then you also have uh, this whole area of, of say Facebook. 
Outlook and and other applications or on you know online uh, applications that you can also do a, a, a kind of instant messaging. If you're right. in a corporate environment, you have the the enterprise uh, instant messaging platforms like a, a Microsoft Link or Lotus Same Time, uh, and so there are all these different platforms. But but I, I think you sort of you know again you kind of abstract away from that and you say oh what I want to do and I don't really care whether it's texting or instant messaging and I sort of wish there was one word that we could use. I mean, texting is great, but sometimes you want to, you know, there is a nuance there. Um, but when you say, I just want to do a short message where I know somebody else is on the, the other end of the line where I can have that real-time conversation if we choose to do that, is, is what you're looking for. And, and that is kind of one aspect, I think, of instant messaging is, uh, say you're in Facebook or something, you can't have that conversation unless the other person is online. Uh, whereas on the phone, texting, you just send it to the phone. So there's a little bit of difference difference there as well. No, I, I, I agree. I, I think that there are some differences, but then maybe let's talk about whether there is a practical difference um, to a lawyer, to a lawyer who's using it. You know, to me, a text message is a short conversation. I need to send a message to someone. I'm running late for a meeting or I'm not going to be home on time or I just need to get something quickly across to somebody uh, and, and I need to ask a quick question. A text message, because most people carry their phones with them, a text message traditionally has made the most sense of a quick firing off a quick message to somebody where to me an instant message is going to be something that is designed for could be longer conversations. You know, I have an uncle who lives in Indiana and every couple of weeks we will have a couple hour conversation that just goes back and forth when we have time to type a message and we catch up with each other by instant message, which I'd like to talk to him on the phone probably more often, but uh, we get a lot of a lot accomplished through instant messaging. So I think that um, they, they both definitely have their place depending on the type of communication you want. But um I don't know, Dennis. What? Let me ask you real quick. What do you think is, is is the incidence, in your opinion, of lawyers using texting or instant messaging as part of their practice? You know, I, I kind of come from a perspective these days as in-house counsel, and you know, so I on the sort of enterprise internal uh, instant messaging. I, it, I think the use is is huge, uh, and it has a lot of lot of benefit. Uh, you know, for the reasons that you can find when somebody's available, you can a ask a quick question. You can even kind of throw that out there, and they pick it up when they when they get back to their desk. Um, you can, uh, you know, it's surprisingly a lot of times you're using instant messaging to say, "Hey, is this a good time for a call?" Uh, you know, and so you're doing some things like that. So it's a, these really nice short messages, and you know, it's also I also find that in in the personal area as well that that those things like you said going to be home late, uh, you know, lunch, question mark, you know, those those sorts of things are the typical way that you do that, where you don't really want to to call somebody because you might be going into voicemail or something like that. You don't want to bother with an email because, you know, people get enough email as it is. Um, what I've heard from from lawyers I know who use instant messaging or texting is that they have clients who communicate that way. And so I, I think it's uh, probably going to be another example of where uh, to me, it's like email that clients and also, uh, and frankly, it's, it's children communicating with children. That's the way your children communicate. So you're going to start to use texting more. And so then I think it's going to come into the practice that way. I, I think we can go into some examples of how 
how people might be using texting. Um, you know, I think texting is great when you're on a conference call where everybody's not in the same room and then you can kind of communicate with the people on your side to say, you know, we might want to go in another direction or, you know, like pay attention to this, that sort of thing. Um, but I think that probably most of the texting you're going to see is, is that sort of uh, what I'll call informational, just sort of quick question, setting things up, uh, maybe conveying a, an agenda, you know, finding a good time to talk, that that sort of thing. And so that's where I think it will um, start to make make inroads. Um, Tom, you may have a better view of what's actually happening from the because of what you see on the e-discovery or records management side of, of what's going on uh, w- with texting and instant messaging. Well, you know, and that's that's a good question. But before we get to that, I want to I want to say that that in addition to using texting, if you're in a mess in a in a meeting and want to talk to to coworkers or things like that, I I find you know my company we're a bunch of consultants and we're dispersed all over the country. We don't have a, a, a an office that's all puts us all in one place, and so we all use instant messaging. Most of us, the people that I work with the most, use instant messaging, and uh, we typically use it when we're on a call with somebody. And if we need to communicate with each other during the call to say, hey, you handle this question, or do you know the answer to this or it's a it's a great way to uh to 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 get information without interrupting the flow of the meeting and uh and i i think it's tremendously useful Uh, but as you say i think that there are a lot of both records management and electronic discovery issues around text messaging and instant messaging if if it isn't obvious already both text messages and instant messages are theoretically discoverable electronically stored information that could become relevant in a legal matter. So if I'm thinking uh, many of the corporate clients that I talk to are just like yours, Dennis, they, they love to use instant messaging and they will use typically a tool like Microsoft communicator. I know is very big in, in many companies and, and it is tremendously a useful tool. But the problem is, is the question of, uh, of whether or not, your instant messages are literally a business record. Do they constitute a record that either one, have to be retained for a certain period of time by the retention schedule, or two, might be relevant information in terms of uh, a legal hold or litigation? And you have to think about both of those issues. I know some companies who've made the decision that uh, instant messages are not to be used for business communications. They are not business records. They're just for convenient, quick communication between employees. And that is the justification they need not to keep them, not to have to preserve them. Um, I also know a lot of companies who have made a decision that, uh, yeah, we might, we, we will turn logging off. And that's a really big question that you have to answer, whether you're a law firm or a company, whether you're logging the instant messaging that's going on. Um, I know companies who will turn it off uh, or will dispose of those logs within a couple of days have Having made the 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 original decision that these aren't business records, they don't touch on our business. They're just con- they're just a convenient way to communicate between employees, and that's how you protect yourself on, on that. And now, for the practicing lawyer, I think where you need to be be careful is to make sure that the communications you have with your clients, um, you know, those could be potentially discoverable as well, depending on the application of any confidentiality or privilege rule to them. But uh, the same the same way that companies are dealing with it, lawyers have to deal with uh, with the issues of whether or not a text message or an instant message 
is being stored on the one hand and two might become relevant and you need to make you need to make uh, specific plans around making sure those are either protected or 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 re- adequately preserved if they become relevant in litigation yeah tom i you when as you're talking about that I, I think that this is another example of the you know to an extent there's an obligation of lawyers to to understand and you know if if not use some of these technologies so i don't think you can really understand some you know not just the benefits but some of the issues unless you you actually um start to use it and so to to know the technology to to have some experience with it um then you can start to ask the right questions and and you know figure out what the concerns are so if you have clients who want to communicate with you by texting that might be something you want to add to the engagement letter so that you talk about what the potential risks are, uh, understand what the benefits are, the types of information that you would like to exchange through texting, what your availability is going to be, um, you know, how quickly you're going to respond to those things. Um, you know, so I, th- I think there's a, you know, a lot of potential issues. I mean, I, I just see lots of benefits. This is the way, I mean, this is the way the younger generation uh, uh, communicates. So it's, it's exactly. going to come into the practice. And then you run into these things that people have been um, working with over time that uh, you know that aren't really new. I, I remember once talking about, uh, uh, was it a small firm, uh, Solon Small Firm Conference in Missouri, uh, doing a presentation on electronic discovery. And, and uh, the the lawyers in the room were talking about how in family law cases, they needed to get copies of text on a phone. And they yep. made this uh, sort of the standard approach at the time because it really worked and it was cheap was that they would just take the phones and put them on a, a copier machine. And both sides agreed <laughs> that this was a way that you got the record of, of the text. And so if you didn't if you didn't text yourself, you wouldn't kind of understand that there was a, a simple, inexpensive solution. So I, I think there are, you know, some really some really interesting things like that. And and so I, I think the better you know how to use it, uh, uh, you, that's going to help lawyers. And then you you can kind of set the constraints and, and manage clients. But probably you're using, you know, the the uh, the lawyers who have kids are definitely starting to use text because it is the best way to communicate with your kids and be sure that they're going to pay attention. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, to, to, to close out this, this segment, let's maybe finish with um, some tips for, for using texting and instant messaging well, and then some, some predictions that you might have. I'll, I'll just throw out a couple of tips that I have. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is the idea of group text messaging. I went with some friends of mine, uh, nine people. We went to New York all at the same time. And uh, fortunately, we all had iDevices. And so it was easy through the messages program to all send a group text message. Although there were two people on a uh, on Blackberries who were unable to participate in our conversation. Uh, there are apps I know for iPhone and Android. Uh, Group Me is one of them. Uh, one of them got bought up by Facebook, so I can't rec- recommend it anymore. But Group Me is a good group texting app that keeps everybody together. You're, if you have a group of people you want to text, then it's it's like having an instant message conversation, but you're using shorter text messages uh, as well. I- I'll also recommend getting an aggregator for your um, for your instant messaging because I know I have friends who are on Google Talk. I have people who use Skype. I have my uncle 
Google is on Yahoo Chat, and so I've I've got to keep track of lots of different uh, chat tools rather than have to keep four or five open at the same time. Uh, even though they might it might not be as full featured, I tend to go with an aggregator like Trillion. I use Trillion on my desktop, which will aggregate and and send me messages from all of those sites, including Facebook. Um, and then on my like I said on my iPad, I use a, a, an app called IM Plus Pro, which also will uh, will send me messages from all of them. It's a great way to keep up with all of them. Granted, not as full featured as those individual tools and you're missing out on some of the features, but I've decided that it's worth it so I don't have to keep three windows open and pay attention to three different places. Dennis, anything from you to close out this segment? Yeah, I, I think you might want to pay attention to what's what instant messaging features are in the the uh, the programs you use on a regular basis. So Tom, I know you and I and others use Skype for, for chatting for a long for a long time. Uh, I'm really interested as you were talking about some of the, the group uh, group instant messaging things that you might find in Facebook, especially in Facebook groups. And then my big tip on all of this is is you know right tool for the right job. And so um, you know sometimes you know probably less than ever before email is the right tool. Sometimes a, a phone call makes sense. Sometimes you just can't do that. Sometimes we just have that sort of quick message or need a quick answer. Um, texting can be really perfect. And I sort of think it's uh, people treat it as non-interruptive in a way, you know, so it, uh, and I think this is the thing with kids. They feel like to make a phone call, you're sort of interrupting somebody in a significant way. And so to have that conversation, I, I texted somebody last night because I knew that if I, if I picked up the phone, that I was probably going to be on the phone for at least half an hour. And I really just needed to convey one thing. I sort of knew what they were calling about. And so I could handle it in a text because I didn't have the time to have a to a real conversation. So that's that sort of thing that people are used to that to kind of set things up. And the other thing, as I was thinking when we were talking about time, is I sort of think it's like a real-time knowledge management. So if you are if you have access to people in your organization or whatever while you're on a call, you can send out that text and maybe get an answer so that you're prepared and you're sort of taking advantage of the knowledge within the, the firm or your organization and getting it on a real-time basis from, from somebody who can give you that answer right away. So, so I think that's really interesting. Predictions, you know, I, I, it's, lawyers are reluctant to use these kinds of tools because it's new. I think it's, uh, you know, it feels like it's one more burden, one, you know, one more thing where people expect you to get back instantly. I don't think that's really the case uh, because you don't have to respond totally immediately. Sometimes you can. And people also understand if you're not available that you're not going to, you're not there, you're not going to respond. And so I think we'll see more of it probably maybe slower than it's been, you know, adopted in, in what I'll call the real world as opposed to the legal world. But, but I, it's going to make its way in there and we're going to have a whole new set of, of, of questions, either ethical and other that will arise as we, as with any relatively new knowledge. Because I said, Tom, you and I wrote about it over six years ago. It will definitely be exciting to see where it heads for lawyers in the future. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from our sponsors, Clio and PC Law by LexisNexis. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the benefits of cloud computing. Now, what do you think the single biggest benefit to cloud computing is? In talking to our customers recently uh, about that very question, I was surprised with what came back with as, as a really resounding response, and that was that it's the convenience and the freedom that cloud computing 
affords them. The ability to get their work done from anywhere, whether it's at their office, at the courthouse, at home, or even if they're on vacation, they're able to get their work done where and when they need to get it done. Uh, the mobile aspect of things is also increasingly important. Well, with cloud-based software, you can access your data and software from your iPhone or your iPad, uh, your BlackBerry, uh, and other mobile devices. So for the uh, lawyers that are on the move, which is an increasing uh, proportion of lawyers, that's a, a really key benefit as well. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if anyone wants additional information on Clio, they can feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. If you like listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, you might also like the podcast, Law Technology Now on LegalTalkNetwork.com. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com radio. That's PCLaw.com radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at LegalTalkNetwork.com. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn too. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mall Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. In this segment, we revisit our topic from the last episode, ABA Tech Show. Tom, last time we talked about ideas for using the schedule for Tech Show to help you set your legal tech strategy and some ideas for attending, if you will, conferences without actually being there. Well, you actually got to attend Tech Show while I didn't, but I followed it virtually. We thought we might compare notes. Tom, what were some of your Tech Show highlights or observations? You know, Dennis, I thought that this Tech Show was one of the better tech shows we've had. I think the attendees had a fantastic time. I didn't I didn't hear anybody who didn't didn't have a, a really wonderful time. The rooms that I were in, I was in a lot more meetings than I planned on being in, so I didn't get to see as many sessions that I wanted, but every session I was in was standing room only, whether I was presenting or attending, and, and I thought the the energy was just really, really tremendous. But actually, what, what I like to talk about and what's interesting to me is something that maybe you have probably... Um, noticed better from attending it virtually and something that I've noticed ever since Twitter came out, ever since we started looking at people tweeting and and, and following conferences from afar. And and so to, to watch the Twitter stream or the blog post that came out of ABA Tech Show, you'd think that we only talked about a few things. We only talked about cloud computing. We only talked about social media. We only talked about apps, uh, mobile devices. And I have a theory that the people who are most active on Twitter, the people who are going to be most likely to engage on social media are generally only interested in these kinds of topics. They're not interested in um, topics like document assembly or 
or e-discovery or or even collaboration tools and technologies. You know, it was it was standing room only in the collaboration track, and you didn't see a single single tweet or a single blog post about all these great new collaboration tools for for people to use. And and I think as a result, the people who read about Tech Show or who are following it from afar probably don't get the right picture of everything that's involved. And I think that there's probably a misperception of what's involved. And they might not realize that that what it's about is so much more than what they're seeing on Twitter or other social media outlets. Yeah, Tom, I, I think that's a really good obser- observation and, and something that if you, you watch or I guess, yeah, watch people on Twitter from conferences, you do get a sense for that. You kind of need to take that into account is, you know, who's covering it, who's tweeting it. There are some, some conferences where there are people really known as great, I'll call them note takers from sessions. And so they'll cover things in great detail, but what, it's only it's the sessions they're in. So you kind of have to take that into account and say, um, you know, the people who I'm seeing are covering a certain subset and there may be other stuff going on. So I actually uh, kind of like uh, Twitter and social media to get a sense of, you know, what the energy is, what the buzz is, you know, maybe see some things that repeat. So you say, oh, there is interest in this product or this session or, you know, something like that. And so I've started to take some of that into account. The other thing that I think is interesting attending virtual is how that sort of 140 character limit and, and people tweeting in real time, they're sort of taking notes from either the slides or what somebody says. And, and sometimes it's, you know, sort, sort of funny. So you could see somebody tweet something like, Tom Miles says the internet is important, you know, and that will be the tweet. And you go like, oh, wow, Tom is like the master of the obvious. And and it's just one of those things that people are tweeting, you know, tweeting away during it and so you lose a lot of nuance. You don't get the examples. You don't get anecdotes during a session. So you have to take that into account. So for me, it's sort of like, I'm not really sure I'm going to learn something from that session, from the tweets, but it's going to point to me, uh, you know, maybe I want to find out more about this. Maybe I want to hear something else that this person has, you know, or someplace else where the recording of this person speaking on this topic or something they've written. So I think it's useful for that. So there is a sort of filtering effect, but, but yeah, you're right, Tom. I think you can, you can follow the stream from a conference and say, oh, it was only about the cloud or it was only about iPads or, or Macs, which I'm, I'm sure was not the case. But that's definitely the feeling you got that I got from from watching Twitter and, and social media from Tech Show that those those topics were really highlighted. But I also knew the people who were tweeting. So I knew that was their perspective. Well, and that, that said, you know, from someone who was there, I, I, I would just like to say to those of you who are listening out there, if you haven't had a chance to go to a show like Tech Show, you know, find some money in your budget to go next year. Buy, go, go early and get uh, and, and get an early bird pass so that you're not spending so much on registration. And really go because it's it's not. An, and I would urge you. I'll try to put put a link to this in the show notes to uh, take a look at uh, at a blog post by a guy named um, uh, Joe. And I Joe, I'm going to butcher your last name. It's Bagot or Bagot. Or I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, but I'll put a link in the blog po- in the in the show notes to this where he talks about. Yep, it's all about 
about, uh, you know, the show's a, a lot about technology and a lot about the latest um, technology in different areas, but it's more about the networking. It's more about the people. It's getting together with people who understand that technology is important and who are all looking for ways to work better with computers and technology to better serve their clients. And and that really, for me, is what Tech Show is all about and, 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 and why being there in person really, really, it, it's hard to replace that with following it from afar or following it from blog posts or, or other ways. Couldn't agree more time. Sometimes the virtual is the only choice you have, though. But uh, now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. Okay, in uh, in tribute to one of my favorite podcasts, the Slate Political Gabfest, they do their cocktail chatter. This is your cocktail chatter. If you happen to be at a party or a picnic over the next week, then here is your fun word for the week. And that word is nomophobia or the fear of being without your phone. A British mobile security firm um, surveyed a thousand people. This is a, actually an old survey, about a month old. I'm just seeing about it. They found that more than two thirds of the survey fear losing or being without their cell phone. It turns out that women um, being uh, fear being without their phone more than men, but that's probably because the survey also found that men own more phones than women do. And as you might expect, the biggest group of nomophobics are uh, from 18 to 35, but what was interesting was after that, the next biggest group were the people who are 55 and up right after that. So nomophobia, your word for the week. Dennis. And I will give a link in the, sh the show notes uh, because this was pointed out to me in a blog post recently. But uh, it reminded me of uh, this great little feature in Adobe Acrobat called the typewriter tool. Um I would tell you how to use it, but they change it around. So it varies with what version of, of Acrobat you use. So just go to the help uh, the help section and, and type in typewriter and you'll find the way to use it. But the idea is it's just a simple little tool that allows you to insert um, essentially a typewriter and type things on to a PDF document that where you wouldn't have the ability to to edit it or it wouldn't make sense to edit it. And I use it for filling in things like f forms or somebody sends you a PDF and you just need to attach it to a, to a contract that's being signed and you just want to type exhibit A on the top of it. Um, just really handy, handy little tool. One of those simple things that once, once you have it, you, you it's really great. You can get rid of the old IBM Selectric back in the closet, you know, because this essentially does the does the same thing. So a nice little tool comes in in, a, in Adobe Acrobat. Like I said, it, it, they've changed the placement of it in the different versions. So just go to the help menu, but really handy tool when you need it. Love the typewriter tool. Use it almost every time I open up Adobe Acrobat. And the good news is, is that it has fonts different from just your regular courier typewriter font. So you can put it in whatever font you want. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us, as well as links to everything we discussed in the show today, is available on our show notes blog at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episode topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tkmreport. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile.
And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. So whether you text or instant message or not, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.